0: into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten where you have real takes, real analysis, real Big Ten fans who actually watch the games, who actually pay attention to what's going on. Not those fake fans, not those fake analysts out there. If you've been following me on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, There are too many fake analysts out there who's not actually talking about the Big Ten, just want to act like it and make you think they are. So we're here to give you all the details of what's going on. And I have with me today, Jordan Monk from the Turtle. Head podcast and I have Russ back again to talk through some Purdue and Maryland basketball with us. We're going to talk about the Big Ten. We're going to talk about some news and notes of some things that have happened. And Big Major Sports put out a list of guards that we're really not too happy about. So we're going to go through that list. We're going to see what we agree with, the many things that we disagree with because they were wrong in a lot of ways. And then we're also going to make sure that you know the correct list. By giving our own, but before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce our guys. Jordan, you want to tell people about yourself and where you can find the podcast?
1: Yeah, man, Jordan Monk here. We're with Turtleheads Podcast. You can find us on Apple and Spotify. We're on X, Instagram, all the good stuff. So give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Hey, we're the only Big Ten banner podcast with a testy. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: gonna gonna uh, ride that as long as you can, huh, Jordan? That's right. <laughs> all right, Russ, you want to tell people about you?
2: Yeah, Jordan's going to ride that testy, huh? Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm uh, Russ Johnson with the Boiler Express podcast. Uh, Just like Jordan, you can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us there. Um, We do live streams on Twitter and YouTube whenever we go live, Um, Facebook as well. So check us out.
1: All right. Very good. And all three of our shows. Russ, you forgot to mention. 27 astronauts in space. Come on, Ross. It's part of the,
2: part of the Everybody knows that by now. Thank okay. thanks All to right. you All and right. people out there educating the people. Everybody knows that. So, we're good.
0: Props to you, Jordan, telling people about Purdue. Good job. That's right.
2: That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: Uh, All three of our podcasts are brought to you by Big Bantus Sports, BigBantusSports.com. Do go there for all of your Big Ten basketball and Big Ten football needs. You can find all that you need to find there for this upcoming season and for the season going on right now for football. And if you like the Big Ten Huddle, please do like and subscribe. We're on YouTube, Rumble, Apple, Spotify. And I just clicked the button on the RSS feed that says sign up for all the podcasts. So we're probably on other places too, but I don't listen to podcasts other places. So if we're not somewhere, please tell me and I'll do my best to try to get us there. there but other than that we are going to get into some things today we're going to start off by talking about the Big Ten as a whole the Big Ten uh, expectations a little bit for each team so we're going to let Jordan go first on this one Jordan what are the keys to your team winning the Big
1: Ten this year playing Maryland basketball right if you give the short simple answer but first of all let me just say the reason me and Russ are here talking basketball is because our football teams are who we thought they were. That's right. So Maryland basketball is what the Turtleheads uh, digs their teeth into. That's a weird claim to fame. Football, it just means we're another day closer to Maryland basketball. But uh, what I'm looking at is Maryland basketball is we have Jameer Young coming back, which I know you all aren't happy with the way he placed on the big banner uh, top guard returning. I think it's a pretty easy choice. He is the best guard returning. We'll discuss that later on. But then the big man. So of course we all know Edie. We all know he. Everything runs through him in the Big Ten, which respectful. I mean, the man. The man is who he is. I mean, he runs the Big Ten for the past two years and probably a third year. However, look for Julian Reese to step up. Uh, Geronimo transfer from Indiana to step up. Indiana, excuse me, uh, to step up. And then of course with the freshman coming in, we have a kid by we call DHS, which is Dwayne Harris Smith. He is a probably one and done. He looks like a stud, probably the best rookie. I know Indiana has something to say about that, but I would say the best rookie coming into the class. But Maryland's going to finally got a coach who can coach and recruit. I'm like Mark Turgeneyer. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're looking forward to a great season. Uh, a lot of us have us three or four in the Big Ten. I do think it's going to be us and Purdue competing for the Big Ten, which you can never count out Izzo because it's Izzo. But with that said, Russ, why is Purdue going to win the Big Ten?
2: Um, because we did it last year, and pretty much everybody's coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think the key for us is how we replace what little we did lose. Um, we have Miles Colvin coming in, which a uh, very underrated freshman. Um, I've listened to some some pods talking about incoming players, incoming freshmen in the Big Ten, and haven't really heard his name, but he's actually the sixth highest-rated freshman coming into the Big Ten this year. Um, he was on the U- U19 Team USA team um you know has has gotten a lot of national recognition but he's just not one of those big names like the other names coming in the big 10 and you might not hear a lot about him this year you know painter builds his teams with veterans um he makes people pay their dues but at the same time if a freshman could come in and play like you saw last year he could start at the three for us. so i think he's key and then how lance jones fits into this team um you know david jenkins jr last last year was really solid for us but um I think they kind of struggled with the rotation between him and the two freshmen and um we've got to work on that a little bit this year but um obviously you know Braden and Fletch will have a full offseason now um, to integrate themselves into the Big 10 and get used to that and then our front court's loaded led by you know returning national player of the year Zach Eady. so um I think it's just more rinse repeat you know and and I think the expectation is to definitely win the Big 10 regular season and then after that you know we're obviously focused on on much the round bigger of things 32. so <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's talk, Russ. Let's talk about that. How, how, as a fan, I can't say Maryland's lost in the first round because I can't remember the last time it happened. But how does that feel to be a one seed, number one overall seed? Was our is that right to lose?
2: Well, it's it's interesting that you bring up Maryland because yeah, okay, so they won the Natty in two thousand two, but that's also the last time they made even the Elite Eight. Um, their last Sweet Sixteen was twenty sixteen. Purdue's made the Sweet 16 four times since then, including an Elite Eight run. So yeah, you guys haven't made it too far recently either. So, but the last
1: Big Ten team to win a national championship, though, right?
2: Uh, that was Michigan State in 2000. Actually, no, no, I'm
1: just saying. I'm saying Maryland Maryland hasn't gone through the Big Ten gauntlet, gauntlet.
2: you know. and, And we could talk about that too. Um, you know, I think part of the problem with the Big Ten in the national tournament is we beat the crap out of each other. We've got a 20 game schedule. We have to play a certain bang it up style, and then we go to this high speed, completely different style of of play in the tournament almost and it definitely trips us up. It seems I, do like it. I agree so, with that
1: yeah. 100%. Kevin Willard coming from the Big East said that. He goes, the Big Ten does not take care of their teams like the Big East did. Look at the past champions from the Big East. UConn last year, Villanova multiple times. It's almost like you said, yeah, we get to brag, oh, Big Ten, the best basketball conference in the nation. Yes, the regular season, it is probably the best conference in the nation, but like you said, once we get out of conference play, out into the real world, then things fall apart on us. Because take example you all. I think it was last year the year before, was it the year before where you all like came out of nowhere and just steamrolled everybody in the preseason? Like, Did you go to a battle for Atlantis? Am I right? Am I missing something here?
2: Uh, Well, last year, uh, and we could talk about that since you want to talk about Purdue and all the great things we do at Purdue. Yes, um, yeah. So I mean, last you have, year. You have no postseason awards. Might
1: look at the preseason stuff out of the way.
2: So this is, this is a question I was going to pose later in the pod when, when JR usually says, hey, anything else you guys got for us. But I have kind of a question, and I'm going to talk about it. What does Matt Painter have to do to win Coach of the Year? Because last year we were picked fifth or sixth in the Big Ten. We were not ranked at the beginning of the year, and we became the fastest team in the history of the AP poll to go from unranked to number one in the poll. Are you
1: talking about national so, coach
2: of the year? No, Big Ten coach of the year, even. Because yeah. Northwestern gets it when they uh make the tournament and they happen to finish, you know, I think they finished third in the Big Ten last year, but the Big Ten was a log jam, if you remember that, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. Purdue won it by three games, but the second place team was only 3 games ahead of the 12th place team. Well, I think Northwestern
0: same, last year they could have if they lost their last game of the season they were like it was like the difference between finishing third or ninth or something like that like exactly. it was wild. Yeah.
2: yeah, so it was the same gap between 2nd and 12th as it was between 1st and 2nd which I think speaks volumes to how how good Purdue actually was in the regular season. They're the only team to be undefeated in non-conference play in the country in the last 2 years. Not just the Big 10 in the country. They've gotten undefeated, and that's not a cupcake schedule. You know, they were the first team since 1960 to beat two top 10 teams by 19 or more points in the same weekend when they beat Duke and Gonzaga and just, just dog-walked them in back-to-back but, but games.
1: How does that how does it turn out for you? Like, I mean, we're we just going to sit here and brag about what you did in early November.
2: I mean, I mean I'm not going to brag about bad things now. Come on, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm getting
1: at. Like, a lot of the Purdue fans are like, oh, we're back, this, that, and the other. Okay, you are back. You have to go through the same Big Ten, which it's a Big Ten that's better. Michigan State's far better. Maryland is what I think is going to be better. Illinois is about the same as last year. So you're going to have to go through a tougher Big Ten, in my opinion. I think we're actually, for the first time in a couple of years, we're top heavy. I think it's kind of like the football. You know, we have four top teams. Some say Michigan State and Purdue are the only two teams that compete for a national title this year that can compete for a national title. But I think the top four to five teams of the Big Ten this year are better than the years past, where like you said, Northwestern could have finished third or ninth. It was a logjam. I think we're going to see a little separation this year. Kind of go back to the early years of Maryland in the Big Ten, the 2014s, 15s with Frank Kaminsky and Wisconsin basically running away with the conference. And then two or three teams right there, which Maryland was. And then it fell off tremendously. I, I think we're going to go back to that, which in my opinion, I prefer that. I'd rather play some bottom feeders. You know, Nebraska, I mean, you got to get them last year. I mean, they, they they did not give up, they stayed in the fight all year long. Hey.
2: Casey Tomanaga isn't going down without a fight this yeah. year either. So, Yeah. I mean, he's,
1: he's basically saved his job
0: at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Russ, do you agree with me there? Do you think the Big Ten is a little more separation this year or no?
2: Uh, I, I do, and I hope so, because I think that that will help. You know, that was part of the stress with, with Purdue even winning the Big Ten last year was they couldn't relax at all mm-hmm. because it was always tight throughout the year. And, yeah, we had a buffer. But like as soon as we started to slack off a little bit, it's like, oh, man, if we don't win three of our last five games, we don't win the Big Ten. And of course, we still end up winning by three games, but it was definitely a struggle throughout the season. So it's you know, if, if we have that separation, I, I do think it, it saves our top teams a little bit mm-hmm. um, having some off nights. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's still going to be, like you said, a tough conference and it's not getting any easier next year. Oh, yeah, not at all. But yeah. I think that's what maybe next year we'll
1: see it, but that's what Kevin Willard's trying to say is it's it's the days off, it's the times. It just does not – the Big Ten does not take care of their teams, in my opinion. And I think that's something the Big Ten has to work on, especially with the – I mean, going cross-country next year. I mean, you beat UCLA one night and the next night you're in Rutgers. You know what I mean?
2: Exactly, Yeah.
1: I will say with Purdue
0: last year, I felt like they almost got the football treatment. Me being an Ohio State fan, I, I you know, Ohio State, I think it's fair to say, has been on top of the Big Ten, you know, at the top, not on top every single year, but at the top in Big Ten football almost every single year. Um, one probably one year where they weren't there. But in that scenario, you get every team's best absolute like game whenever they play you right and so that's kind of what purdue was going through last year but the difference is in basketball you got like what 16 18 games where you're going to get a quality opponent who is giving you your their best absolute game yeah nebraska is a bottom feeder last year wisconsin was too but those were still teams that were good teams and probably could have gave some tournament teams a really good fight Uh, i'm not saying what they would have won a first round game but they would have gave some tournament teams a really good fight and so we're really seeing here this is, is Purdue is getting this treatment to where they are seen as the top dog right now. I don't think anybody can dispute that they have Zach Edey, they have Matt painter, they have all these things. And I think that attributes a, a, as well to why Matt painter didn't win the award last year is I think Purdue is kind of at that place now where they are seen as a top tier program in the big 10. And I mean, it's going to have to take something miraculous and something not miraculous from another team for Bat Painter to win the coach of the year in the Big Ten, uh, it sucks. But, I mean, I've told people before, Ryan Day should win the, you know, the Big Ten coach of the year award in 2019 when he won the conference in his very first year as a coach. But guess what? He coached Ohio State, so it didn't happen. Uh, meanwhile, two yeah. years later, Jim Harbaugh wins the award and everybody wants to go crazy. Well, Michigan, you know, they were down for years. And so, I mean, that, it, to me, it's just kind of like the pains of being on top and being a good program for a while. Um, it just, you know. I,
1: I don't know about that. My, my my biggest thing is it's almost like they want a feel-good story. You know what I mean? They want the Chris Collins at Northwestern, former Duke prodigy. Oh, what has he done? He's, Northwestern never makes a tournament. He's done it twice. Like, I get it. I get the feel-good story, but I, I have to agree. Like, how does Matt, Matt Painter not win it last year? I do agree with that. Like, how do you not? I mean, they rolled the big 10. I mean, well, well that's, they, they that's what I would say. It. They tried. Well, they didn't beat Aaron <laughs>
2: That's why I would say um, you know, it's it's a little different than Ohio State, even because we weren't like I said, we were picked fifth in the Big Ten last year. We lost Jaden Ivey, a lottery pick. We lost Trayvon Williams, Sasha Stevanovich, Isaiah Thompson. Like we lost a lot of key pieces, and people were like, Oh, well, can Zach Eady actually keep it up for 30 something minutes? We saw what happened with that. Can these freshmen in Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer carry our backcourt? We saw what happened there. So yeah, it's like we were disrespected still going into last year. We win the conference by three games, but number one seed in the tournament, and he still didn't get coach of the year. So it's like I don't, like you said, I don't know if he ever will win it again, unless unless there's no miracle stories, unless everybody everybody finishes where they're supposed to. Yeah, and and I'll be honest
1: with you, I can see it right now. If Izzo, for some reason, we've only been around the Big Ten for about ten years now, but we can tell Izzo gets to coach K. True. If Izzo somehow finishes second in the Big Ten, or heaven forbid, first. You could tell you right now he's locking up coach of the year. They love Izzo like uh, ACC love Coach K. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: yeah, coach of the year is the only award out there where you win for having a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Like it's like oh you have a terrible team and you are mediocre coach of the year. Here you go. Yeah. It's what what why is this happening? You know I had people giving me a hard time because Kirk Ferentz is uh, number six in my football coach of the year rankings. I know I'm talking way more football than I should on basketball, but. um but they were giving me a hard time because he's number six, and I'm like, look, guys, he's he's not going to win by you know having what he has right now because at the end of the day, Kirk Ferentz has been at the top for a while. Yeah, he's got a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but guess what? If Greg Schiano goes six and six, if he goes five, seven and five, he's going to win because Rutgers is normally a bad team, but they were mediocre it's the same way with Northwestern. It's the same way with any other team. If Michigan comes out this year and finishes second or third after Jawan Howard has some surgery, which by all means, I hope he's okay. I hope he comes back and he's fine. But if they do that, Jawan Howard's winning coach of the year, because it doesn't matter how you actually do. It's what, what did we think of you at the beginning? Were you going to be bad? And then, Oh, you exceeded those expectations. Here you go. Coach of the year. Jr., You can
1: book it. Michigan and Jawan Howard's not winning anything. They are going to be who we thought they were. what they should have been since he's been there. Uh, the Juwan Howard show will be over here very soon. Do
2: you agree, Russ? I, I do. I think so. Yeah, there, there's going to be even more clips like there seems to be every year. And if he doesn't sustain success and, and get a good seat in the tournament, yeah, it's going to be hot seat time for sure. Yeah.
0: So, who in you guys' mind gets fired first? And like I said, you know, I hope he's okay. We're not trying to disparage him when we say this, but Juwan Howard or Chris Holtman?
1: Uh, the, the problem with Chris Holtman is. I can, you can book it now. He will have them a top 25 team going to the conference. They'll win some crazy behind preseason tournament. All the hype will be there. They'll go to that CBS Classic. They'll, they'll win that, win a game, whatever, beat whoever. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, is Ohio State back? And guess what? He's going to come to the Big Ten schedule. He's going to do what he normally does, finish 500, maybe one game over. Eight and eight, nine and seven. Yep. yep. He does it every year. But, but let me ask you this as at a football school, JR, you're an Ohio State fan. You're kind of like reverse Maryland, right? Hey, we'll take, we'll we'll take seven, eight wins in the big 10, big 10 football. Is that okay for Ohio state fans or, or to them out to put a, a, a dream in your all's head that y'all are supposed to be good all the time.
0: Uh, he needs to make the sweet 16, at least every few years, needs to make the tournament most of the time, you know, one bad season every now and then where they slightly miss the tournament. Um, you know, I think that's understandable. It is basketball. It's kind of a little bit different than dominating in football. Um, but but I think then again, I'm also more rational when it comes to basketball than other fans. Other fans think we need to be in the final four every single year because they call us a blue blood program, which is just asinine and
1: ridiculous. But
0: you know, uh, Ohio State that, that describes Ohio State fans in a lot of ways, asinine well, and ridiculous. <laughs>
1: well, look, let me bring this up. Not that not that Maryland, Purdue, or Ohio State can speak on this. The champions classic every year, Duke, Michigan State, um, who else is it? Kentucky and Kansas, right? What is wrong with going back and doing the past four champions, having UConn play? Like switch up. I'm sick and tired of seeing the same four. Teams. I know this is totally off-subject, but it just brought me to my mind. What's wrong with having whoever it is? I can't even think off the top of my head, but uh, UNC, a, uh, UConn, and whoever the other four past champions were. And if it comes from the same conference, I get it. Just go back to the to the non-same conference winner. What's wrong with that? I've always said that. I'm sick and tired of seeing the Coach K, which he's gone now, but the Coach K, the Izzo, the Bill Self, and Bill Self, he's another one that can cheat regardlessly, nonstop, and still get all the hype in the world. It's just something with the college basketball. In my in my opinion, is not monitored well by ESPN, which I know well, Big Ten just screwed herself with ESPN. But it is what it is.
0: I think what it comes down to is I think that the basketball, you know, is run not as much, but it's run by TV companies as well. Like they want the teams in there with the big fan bases. They don't want. I mean, could you imagine if Florida Atlantic? Won the national championship last year and they had to invite them to it like they'd be like no no you know no boy no don't do that like <laughs> that would not, I would not have play, nearly big enough of a fan base sorry go ahead russ
2: they good to play a little bit of devil's advocate there because I, I do agree i want to see change i don't like seeing the same classics over and over again but to play a little bit of devil's advocate those programs are historically competitive programs they're historically you know sweet 16 you know or better programs and if you have a florida atlantic that wins the championship I bet you the next year their team does not look quite the same. So if you say let's put the last champion in there, but it's a team that was like, hey, let's build up for this one big run, and then they all get wiped out and transfer or go to the pros, then it's they're going to get dog walked by some team that actually built a program. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I agree
1: I agree with that. But let's just take for instance, what if this year was UConn, Kansas, Baylor, and Virginia? You're telling me that's not four good teams. Granted, maybe two of those teams are the ones that compete for national title this year, and then you go exactly. Back. But and then let's say this year, for some reason, well, we know Purdue won't get past the first round. Um, let's just say Maryland hauls off and wins the national title. So what you do is you erase you erase Virginia from the four and that Maryland is guaranteed to be in that Champions Classic for four years. So at worst, we have to watch Florida Atlantic for four years. OK, at worst. But it just gives us something new. That That's just my soapbox. I've always had to put that out there. I'm sick and tired of seeing it.
0: Yeah, I could see something where it's like the four highest-ranked past national champions or something like that, but yeah, even then. But
1: hey, I, I, got, I JR, just do this. The Big what? Banner Champions Classic. We'll invite all four teams to so there. There we go. There we
0: go. <laughs> we'll get Brant on it. Make sure we get the funding and uh, do that. So uh, I will say before I move on, uh, Purdue, I know you are trying to uh, replicate Virginia from a few years ago, so... <laughs> It's, it has happened before, the the uh, losing in the first round to a 16 seed and coming back and winning the national championship.
2: And it wasn't just that. Virginia had a knack for getting upset by, you know, non-major powers as well. You know, so, it wasn't so just the 16-1. That's what, what are I'm you saying. About? Oh, Oh, okay.
1: That's all what right. I'm saying. Like, that's oh.
2: why you, you draw the similarities because Villanova was kind of the same way. Villanova, before they won their championships, they kept getting upset by the, you know, the Lehigh's or the Wofford, like mm-hmm. the, the non-major powers, and then all of a sudden they broke through. So a lot of Purdue fans are hoping that, yeah, we channel that. Coming off a 16 to one because Zach Eady, he's got a chip on his shoulder and Braden Smith has got a moxie that y'all are going to, you know, you're going to see this year. I'll get into some of those more notes later. But yeah, yeah,
0: I saw Zach Eady at the Colts football game and he was hitting the he was hitting the drum with the sledgehammer. uh, It's a full
2: size sledgehammer, by the way, if you watch that video, it's actually a full size. It just looks like a tiny hammer in his hand. That's what
0: everybody was saying. They were like, yeah, he's just so big. He's so long. It's a full size. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to our next point here, guys. A little bit less competition basketball talk. Just kind of some uh, the things to get into with what goes on in college basketball. But the NCAA came out and said that they are moving the transfer portal days. So if you go to the transfer portal, you have a certain number of days that you can go into it. And once those days are over, you can no longer go in. I think unless you're a graduate senior, Uh, but it used to be 60 days. Now it's going to be 45 days. And now the NCAA is contemplating harsher penalties, one for gambling players and schools and coaches, stuff like that. And then two uh, for misuse of the transfer portal. We're talking about, T- telling kids you're going to pay them however much before they even enter in, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I want to know where you guys stand. Will the transfer portal entry time change anything about the portal? Let's start with just the time. Will it change anything about the portal? What do you think, Jordan?
1: No, not at all, because as kids, it's it's a... Russ, how old are you, Russ? I am 34. Okay, yeah, I'm, 30, I'm 33. I turn 34 next month. So we're about the same age. So we can remember, I'm sure you've been a Purdue fan for your whole life. So I can remember the days of the, I don't know if these names ring a bell to you. All the Juan Dixons, the Lonnie Baxter, stuff like that, right? Juan Dixon was a scroungy kid who Gary brought on, really didn't do anything his freshman year, but earned time, earned his way up, becomes a leading uh, scorer at Maryland, right? These kids have this this generation of, hey, I'm not producing right now, like Ike Cornish, uh, Maryland transfer two years ago, or Ian Martinez this year. They have this mindset of, hey, I'm not playing, or there's a better freshman coming in that's going to take points or minutes away from me. I'm out of here. One, you blame the parents for raising these kids. But two, then NCAA needs to cut this out. I'm okay. I, I get the argument. Hey, a coach can leave uh, mid year, Chris Beard and or not mid year, but he can leave at the end of the year and go to another school and no mm-hmm. penalties. I get that. But I'm okay with one transfer for four years, whatever it may be. But what's it matter about the days? These kids know come January I ain't coming back to the school. They know it. So the minute they, they can make it a ten day uh time frame, these kids know when they're leaving. Yeah, what do you think, Russ?
2: Yeah, I think it makes, you know, essentially, yes, I agree with you. I don't really think it makes a big difference. It does help, I think, a little bit the coaches and the programs that, you know, they don't have to sit there and be strung along for longer periods of time because you've got to fill those spots, especially in basketball. You know, it's not like football where you can stack three or four or five deep at a position. Like in basketball, if you have one spot to fill and you need a combo guard, you know, you've got to know where guys are going and what decisions they're making, and you can't wait for two months to, you know, be, hand, you know, held by this guy, especially in this day and age where they're they're doing social media videos and going, hey, you guys think I should go over here? What, oh, what if I go over here? You know, like that, that drama is kind of played out already. Like people are already tired of that crap. Like make a decision. It's that what we can, you know, these programs can, can move on with the next season and, and not make this as a big a deal. But um, yeah, I think NIL is going to correct itself though, because, you know, you're already seeing players that get paid these big figures and then don't ever play for the school that paid them that money. And I think you you know it's because it's these private individuals and businesses paying the money. It's going to start to get cut back, and and I don't I don't think it's going to have a huge impact, just changing the number of days in the long Russ, run. Russ, I, is,
1: is nil affecting you all in recruiting trail?
2: Can you tell? Not not really, not really. No, um, yeah, because I mean, I mean,
1: just from a third party view of Purdue, Matt Painter reminds me of a Gary Williams get his guys in, and if exactly you wanna, if you want to play for him, he's going to play for him. And that's what we see with Kevin Willard. Like we've thought Turgeon, which was a little pre nil. Got a little bit of nil time, but uh, Turgeon was chase the big star, chase the big star, and then Kansas, Duke, Kentucky walks in and takes him away from. Him. I think that that's what killed Turgeon's recruiting motive. Kevin Willard is, I want you. If you want to play for me, you're more than welcome to come. If you don't, we're moving on. Which I'm I'm glad of because I think that's how you're going to be able to succeed in nil. It's okay to go after those Derek Queens of the world and offer them the money, but you got to go out there and get the guys that are hard nosed want to play for your program. That's how, that's how nil is going to fix itself. I mean, I. In my opinion, the best way to fix NIL and fix all this is if you want to go pro out of high school, go pro. Do it just like baseball. I don't care. Yep. But if you decide to go to college, and back, for this is for basketball, and you decide to go to college, you must stay a mandatory three years. Make them sign a contract. Make them live up to something. Make them hold their feet to the fire. And then that third year, you can go to the NBA or you can transfer out for your senior year, whatever it may be. That could fix all the problems. I've been in favor of you have
0: to stay at school for two years before you go to the NBA. Uh, So you have to spend two years at the same school before you go to the NBA because at the end of the day, that will help with some of this transfer portal stuff. And at the same time, you know, they can't use the excuse and say, Oh, we can't go anywhere because guess what coaches sign contracts. And so, you know, it's going to be the same thing. So um, I'm curious you guys take on the penalties, uh, stricter penalties for number one gambling, and then also misuse of the transfer portal. Obviously the gambling probably affects more players, the actual coaches. I don't think we've seen a coach get into anything with gambling. Uh, and then the misuse of the transfer portal obviously affects more of like the actual schools and the coaches in those situations. Uh, Russ, what do you think about those?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, the history shows in any you know area of life, if the the punishment doesn't fit the crime, it's gonna the crime's gonna keep happening. So, you know, if, if this is gonna be an issue, then yeah, you've got to raise the penalties to make it not be an issue. You've got to make that penalty be stiff enough that people don't risk it. because um, you know, college sports is already in enough of a limbo right now with the NIL and the transfer portal that people already are starting to kind of tune out a little bit and not be in with the drama and all the big money that it's supposed to be a school sport. They're student athletes. And if they start questioning the legitimacy of it with gambling and things going on in the background, then that that could be very, you know, disastrous for college sports as a whole. Yeah. So it's it's you you need penalties that fit that fit the crime that make people not even think about doing that. And with NIL, why are you doing that? Right. You're getting money now. You're getting a stipend, you're getting sponsored now. Like it's not like before where you might you might have to gamble because you're eating ramen noodles every night and your team's on ESPN every night, but right. you know, you're getting, you're getting paid now. So don't be stupid.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Jordan? I, my whole problem is, is I, once again, go back to what I know personally, you go back to the Len bias era, where Maryland basically got the death penalty for whatever, whenever the accused Bob Wade of, of grades, recruiting violations, whatever, they basically destroyed Maryland. No, no uh, TV. Um, I mean, just destroy them. And then you go here, and Bill Self's doing stuff far worse than Bob Wade ever did, and nothing's happening. So you can put all the rules, regulations you want in. If you don't hold these coaches' feet to the fire, what's the matter? I mean, you can't sit here and tell me. I mean, Bill Self's the one that pisses me off the most. Like, yeah, you, you know he's been caught multiple times, and nothing yep. happens to him. What, oh, here's a three-game self-imposed uh, suspension by Kansas. Kansas is supposed to be this, oh, we're greater than everything university. Why don't you hold your feet to the fire and just get rid of Bill's self? If you're such a great university, such a basketball school, it don't matter who's there, you can win. It just pisses me off.
0: Yeah, well, I I mean – Kansas has d- done so many things, and Bill Self has never paid for any of them, and it's just ridiculous to me. I can't stand Kansas. Kansas, one of the w- absolute worst basketball programs. And
1: well, the good news is Hunter Dickinson is now at Kansas, and we, we, which we makes vowed. them
0: even. Where I cannot stand Hunter Dickinson.
1: Yeah. we vowed to never bring his name up because we really thought we had a chance. Brought his high school coach on, Mike Jones, he's an assistant coach from Maryland. Hmm. We thought we had him, Lock and Seal, and once again, here comes Bill Self. But can you also argue with these kids? I mean. You got a one-year coach, Kevin Willard, and then Bill Self walks the door with multiple national championships and has put kids in the pros. Can you really fault these kids? It's the coaches in the universities that need to hold the feet to the fire.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and I'm, I mean, and he's going where the paycheck is, and, and yeah. you know, I'm sure Kansas has a really good NIL program for the basketball team. That's what they're known for. That's what they're going to pay for. Uh, but it didn't even bother me that he went to Kansas. I just don't like uh, Hunter Dickinson. I know he, I know he's a jerk. Join, join uh, the crown. Yeah. So Russ, do you agree? Are we are we all in agreement here? Nobody likes Hunter Dickinson.
2: Who says Target Woods and Purdue
1: can't get along? Look
0: there up. we go. What has brought us together?
2: <laughs> hey, and not just that, but I listened last week and hearing some IU people agree with Purdue and also give us some credit that yeah, I think Hunter Dickinson was maybe the fourth best center in the league last year. Oh yeah, so, yeah.
0: I, I would have taken Zed Key over Hunter Dickinson last year. Now maybe I'm biased. Probably am, but still I would have. All right, let's get to these guards. We have some guards rakings put out by Big Banter Sports. Bam, there they are. Okay, so uh if you look over here by this handy dandy WTF is that this is awful. It looks perfect to uh, me.
1: I see nothing wrong with those lists. This is bait. Uh,
0: a lot of people upset over what's going on here. Uh so we got Jameer Young, Terrence Shannon Jr., Boo Booey. I mean, there's some things on here that I'm, you know, I'm feeling good about and, and I'm okay with, but there's also some things that I uh, just not, not really about, not really in favor of. So, uh, Russ, let's got you go first. What are some of your thoughts on these rankings overall? Because I don't see any Purdue.
2: Yeah, so here we go again with the preseason disrespect of Purdue and and what Matt Painter does and what probably Get keep somewhere out there there's year. no disrespect. So, oh my god. Okay, so do you know who our second and third leading scores were behind the National Player of the Year last exactly. year? Exactly. Your team. Fletcher is your lawyer eating. and no Brady cares. Nobody cares. Okay, so Russ,
1: Russ, me and you could run point and shooting guard for Purdue and be like, "Hey, Edie, catch the ball! Come on, man, get somewhere."
2: <laughs> okay, so can I go now? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You got so, Brayden has this had the sixth most assists of any player returning the Big Ten from last year, right? Sixth most assists as a freshman, and he's going to have the full off season now. Fletcher Lawyer, did you all – I mean, I, I know this basketball is a lot harder to catch every game than it is in football, but do you all watch the Michigan State game where we played at Michigan State last year? I think yeah. so. And the zone just berated Fletch all game, mm-hmm. right? That fosters better, fosters better. What does he do? He scores nine of the last 11 points, and including, including assisting the game-winning basket as a freshman, as a freshman. So to, so to not have them on this list when we won the conference by three games last year is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Xavier Johnson probably shouldn't even be on this list. If if he's in my list, he's not even in my top ten. That's mm. for sure. Like I I don't understand like why every year people disrespect what Painter's going to put on the floor every year. I just don't get it. I don't get it.
0: I will say I, I probably would have Xavier Johnson in my top ten. I don't think I honestly as an Ohio State fan I don't think I'd have Bruce Thornton in the top ten. That'd probably be the one that I'd push out of there quicker than anybody else. Uh Jordan, I know you're feeling good about the one spot, but uh what about the other spots? What are you thinking there?
1: Well I'm just looking up Maryland versus Purdue at Maryland. Uh, what day was this? I can't remember. Uh the, the game where we won the 29 to three run. But anyway, uh Mr. Smith, he actually tied Edie for points in that game, 18 each. The problem was no one else on the team showed up. And that's your whole problem. If you shut down Edie, granted, I give you credit. Smith is a good guard. He should be on this list. There's no reason he shouldn't be. I mean, I don't know why Wisconsin gets love every year. I mean, I, anyway. Chucky
0: Hepburn deserves to be on here. Connor, a siege, no.
1: Yeah. So I, I will admit, Russ, does does Mr. Smith belong here? Absolutely. But that's, that's my flaw with Purdue. If you shut down Edie, which this year might be different. Like you said, he had a full offseason. He sure did. I mean, he was gone after the first weekend. So, I mean, he had plenty of time to get ready for this year. So, I mean, my my thing is if he can step up this year, which we all know he's capable of doing. I mean, I'm pretty sure he went off at the Purdue Maryland game at Purdue. But uh if he's able to step up, that will help Purdue out tremendously. But you are right, he should be on this top fourteen. Once again, me and Purdue agreeing.
2: Wow. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of volume guys on this list, right? That's what bugs me is you've got guys that like you said, Wisconsin finished eleventh in the conference last year. Nebraska was twelfth. You know, are those is Tamanaga and Asiji and, and Hepper those they're they're good guards, yes. But they're, they're volume guys. Even Jameer Young, he's a volume guy. Some, right? Are you kidding like, me? He shoots one out of every three shots when he's on the floor. His his efficiency rating, his offensive efficiency rating, is like in the 80s. And the national average is like
1: 106.
2: You know who has the highest offensive efficiency he, rating on this list, actually? Who? Tommy He's actually well, the highest. Well, Tommy didn't a,
0: even start last year, did he? Yeah,
2: because he's a spot-up shooter, right? Yeah. But you know who had the second highest? Braden Smith, Braden Smith, one seventeen, and he touches the ball on like every play, right? As our point guard, and we're where, getting pressed. Eighteenth most in the country, and he's got a better turnover Smith? percentage where, than guys like AJ Hoggard, Xavier Johnson, and he's sixth in the country in assists. Where, like, where
1: should Braden Johnson be on this list?
2: Then uh, I don't know who Braden Johnson is. Braden um, Braden Smith, I, I'm sorry. I would I'm have sorry. Braden Smith <laughs> in my top five guards <laughs> in this conference. I'd have Braden Smith you, in the top. Are you putting five. him over Jameer? um i had let's see what i do uh yeah i put him over jameer i that's put him crazy. i put him three oh, i crazy. mean he averaged nine four and four he's the only guard in the league last year that averaged nine points four rebounds and four assists or more a game only guard in the conference as a freshman he's getting no respect just because the national player of the year gets all the headlines averages 30 plus a game he gets no respect yeah but I mean, don't, say,
1: don't sit here and cry and say Purdue doesn't get any respect like you said i mean zach Edy garnishes all the respect they've been uh, projected to be number one in the Big Ten by everybody. They're getting the respect. Like you said, should he belong on this list? Absolutely. But top five,
2: yeah, come on. So what that would you put him? Top
1: seven, 100% top seven. I'm not even going to doubt that, especially looking at this list. I, I Once I saw Jameer Young, I just blocked out everything else. But I, I will say, and I can tell you right now, DHS w- should be on this list also. I mean, I would say DHS over... Tom and go, or whoever the Korean. Well, I don't is. think you, well, you can't put freshmen games. on here. Why can't you? Oh, no, is, y- it, return? you is seen it returning him. or is it just preseason guard rankings?
0: Yeah, but you haven't seen him play. You can't put a freshman on here. If you haven't seen him play in the big 10, you that's my problem with ace. That's my problem with ace Baldwin on here. It's like, we haven't seen him play in the big 10. Yeah, he he did yes, great. Exactly,
2: he but, is not on my list. I do. I went fourteen deep, and no. Ace is not even on there. Because yeah. he's not even from a Power Five conference. VCU, yeah, they're they're a decently they're a decent program over the years, but they're not Big Ten like doing the Big Ten. Xavier Johnson, to me too, like coming from the Big East, everybody's assuming from a small sample size last year that he's going to be able to be a guy for them all year, but you haven't seen it yet. He could be a top five guard. He could be, but he hasn't done it yet. Like I don't. Jamir do,
1: came from a non Power Five. I'm just saying yeah, I'm,
2: that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they could do it, but to put them on the list and like give them credit for already having done it. Like yeah. we see way more guys come from non big 10 conferences and especially non power five conferences that don't work out and don't pan out in the big 10 than we have seen be the exception. Jameer Young's is the exception exception. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I, I think that's the point here is that we're not saying that he can't. You know, Ace Baldwin could very well be on this list. We just haven't seen it. You know, same thing with with G, or, uh, with, with H. Harrison Smith. Is we're not saying he can't be on here. It's just we haven't seen it yet. So, all right, well, let's do this, Russ. Give me your top five, top ten. What did you say? You went to top 14? Give me, give me that list.
2: So I went uh, – I had Terrence, Sch- Ter- Terrence Shannon Jr. at the top. I did have Boo Booey, number two. Um and Braden Smith, three, Jameer Young at four, AJ Hoggard, five, um, Tyson Walker, six, and Tomanaga seven. That's how deep I'll go. Um, I think Tomanaga is is definitely gonna get them further places this year. I think he has got to be more consistent scorer for them. He's got to get in the starting lineup, he's gotta be on the floor more. Um, uh, but that after that, I, I did go a little deeper. I think I had Xavier Johnson, like I said, eleven. Um and I put Fletcher Lawyer at the very back of my top ten because I think Fletcher Lawyer could take a jump as well and end up being more of a 14- to 16-point-a-game scorer. Um, and, yeah, I, I just I don't think they're getting the respect. I don't think they're getting respect. If you're asking about all these guys, you're talking about these guys like Xavier Johnson, and you're anticipating how much they're going to improve going into this year, how can you not talk about two freshmen that were the second and third-leading scorers on the the team that won the conference by three games? I don't get it.
0: Well, you can't talk about Peyton Sanford and Connor Sejan and say, oh, look at these freshmen. And even Tamanaga, I don't even, Tamanaga, was he a freshman? That was his first year in the Big Ten. I don't know if he was a freshman, though. Um, But, you, I mean, you can't talk about those three guys being ahead of Braden Smith, in my mind. I mean, maybe Fletcher Ware, but I don't, even, I don't even know if that's right. I don't even you know if I rankings, Tamanaga. Lincoln, yes, yes. Sorry, Jordan. You go ahead. Give me
1: yours. Everybody <laughs> loves Turtle rankings, right? Everybody. Yeah. Because we yep. are the
2: number one. He's about to name the guard depth chart for Maryland. He's about here, to give yo. us
1: the testes of the Big Ten you, you guards. Do it, you know, Jordan. Just read my mind, Russ. <laughs> I, I just I didn't go fourteen deep. I just did two deep. I did Jameer Young one DHS two. Next okay. next question.
2: There <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, since you like trivia questions, I'll, I'll throw a trivia question in there. Uh, who leads the Big Ten and in, in Big Ten championships?
1: It's probably Purdue because you're grunting from ear to ear.
2: And you know? do you know how many Maryland has in the history of their program? How many conference championships? They uh, have? Yes, I'll
1: tell you in just one minute. Uh, I want to say
2: seven. And oh, that's, okay. if, oh. that's if you include their 1932 championship. In like exactly. Five I'm, five I'm five. not going back that
1: far. I'm going back as so, far as my memory can. Let me yeah. see if I can name them. You got 2020, which don't even get me started on that. And you're talking about regular season, correct? Yes. Uh, we should have won that outright. I think everybody on the show knows that. But Mark Turgeon, uh, 2020, 2002, 19... 84? Did I get that right? Or
2: 83? 84? Um, I don't have the years, but yeah. Oh, geez. Nice. They, oh. they were pretty spread out. They were pretty spread out. And that's and then, the difference between I, Purdue and Maryland, because you can name the years. No, got we have a, we, we have a we're national title. We have a national title. We know last year was the There's last a difference. Yeah, but, for us?
1: You, would you rather I'm, have a national title or a Big Ten championship? What would you rather question.
2: have? Next question. Exactly.
1: Next question. I mean, good <laughs> grief. I know we only got one, but at least we have that.
2: So uh Painter's actually been interviewed about that. Um if you, you know, watch some of the coaches' show and press conferences and you get deeper into Big Ten basketball, um, he's talked about how basically it's his goal to win the, the Big Ten oh regular season A championship. Typical Nick that, Saban BS um, right there. Well, it's because
0: it's – That's a pretty good know, comparison, Matt Painter to Nick Saban. That, uh, yeah, his, no, Nick Saban at least it. wins.
1: Nick, Nick Saban always said, it's, I, I'd rather win the SEC championship than the uh, Nationals. It's like, get somewhere.
2: Well, the difference between football and basketball is basketball, you've got a 68-team crapshoot tournament that depends on what matchup you get and where you're playing. I mean, UConn looked – yes, they looked like the best team in the tournament last year, but they played one team that was a three-seater higher, and that was Gonzaga – who played most of that game without their best player
1: hey can you name so, the only can you name the only national not a grant i shouldn't say only but can you name one of the only teams that won a national championship it's a too late trivia that played the highest seed possible every game um i'm guessing is it is it maryland well i guess i question. guess that questions, that questions <laughs> i guess everybody plays the highest seed available but maryland played the 16 the 8 the uh Whatever, four,
2: four, the, four, the, the two, one. yeah, the one yeah one, two, one, whatever, one. so
1: forth, until so it got one, to one. a championship. We played Indiana, but since you're talking about, it's a crapshoot. Yes, the fairly Dickinsons, the Saint Peters, the who else we got here, the Little Rocks, the Cincinnatis, the VCUs. You know, yeah, they're they're hard to beat. I get it, I get it.
2: North Texas, don't forget that one if you're gonna throw them all in there. Yeah,
1: what what year yeah. was North Texas?
2: Uh, that was Ivy's freshman, year, I think. That was where he actually set
1: the oh, there it is, yeah. Sorry.
2: freshman scoring record, their tournament debut, and we still lost that game. Yeah, that that's but that's what I'm
1: getting at right there. Why do people think uh, uh Purdue is going to win anything when it's the same old story? I get it, Brandon Smith, get it. I, you're high on his horse, but if you can't do it without Edie, you all you all fold. Fairly Dickinson, like that is mind boggling to me. That is far worse than the Virginia, the Virginia UMBC. Shout out UMBC, Maryland uh, homeschool. But uh, it's far mind-boggling because Virginia, we knew what they were. If they got in an uh, up-and-down game, that wasn't going to benefit them. But Purdue can control the game. and you, I mean, it's just unbelievable. When do you all start questioning Matt
2: Painter? Um, it depends on who you talk to, to be honest. I, I don't question because you talk about the last, what, 40, 50 years of our program, we've had two basketball coaches, and we win the Big Ten Championship pretty much like every other year. And, yeah, it sucks to not have the tournament success, but we're a top five, top ten perennial team at this point in the AP poll. And we're a dominant dominant force in the Big Ten. And we're – you know, we just we just haven't got over the hump in, in the big dance. If The Virginia game was probably the most God, painful. It's been 100 experience. years for us. When are you going to give us <laughs> the a Virginia, hump? The Virginia game was probably the most painful experience I've ever had as a Purdue fan. I was at that game in the Yum Center when – Diakite just happened to get that tap out and they they hit that shot sent it over time. And that was the year I think Painter not just gets a final four but gets a national championship. And if he gets that one, how much different is he seen now? Because izzo has got how many championships? One. One. Yeah. But he's seen as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So all Painter's got to do is break through once and like people are going to change the way they think about him. Like, probably not because it's Purdue and everybody wants to, you know, what have you done for me lately? But that's that's my point. Is there's a lot of coaches like that have not, you know, Jay Wright, he didn't break through, got upset, upset, upset. And then finally he breaks through, and now he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, right?
1: What what but year I, is this for Matt Painter? I,
2: um, let's see, I think it's 15 or 16. I like think he well, started let's just say, <inaudible> overall or with like, Purdue. With Purdue. But he was only a head coach like one or two years before because he was, uh, I believe, an assistant, and they left for uh, like Southern Illinois and then was there for like a year or two and came back and took over yeah. Purdue. Back to Purdue. Yeah. But
1: Russ, let's just say hypothetically. You all win the Big Ten because that's what you do. Apparently, that's that's your all's national title. You win the Big Ten. You win the Big Ten tournament. You go in again, number one overall seed, and you do it again.
2: We're not going to lose to a 16th seed again. I'm not saying that anymore. Is, that right. is not that is not going to no. happen. That is but not gonna let's happen.
1: say it happens.
2: It's like, not going to. It's not going to. If it, does, if it yeah, does, yeah, they'll be. If if it if it I don't even want to think about it to be honest, I don't even want it that hypothetical because it is gonna be ugly. It is gonna be ugly. No, no, um, is
1: ugly. I'm sorry. You're just mis- <laughs> <Russian>. going <laughs>
2: No, he's just tall. You gotta get it right. He's just tall and he played hockey.
1: Hey, you all gonna c- come to the Maryland game? What?
2: <laughs> you paying for my ticket? <laughs> you get me out there? We we got some tickets. Uh, uh, road, I'm not, road 15,
1: I'm, man. You I'm come, not really we got a ticket.
2: I'm not really confident about the Maryland game. The Maryland series, I actually looked that up too. The last nine straight games, the home team has won that game. And, and of I course, do so. we, we the Big Ten loves time. us. The Big Ten loves us, so we're playing at Maryland two years in a row as our only time we play you all. We can't get a home and home with y'all.
1: We <laughs> had a so. home and home last year.
2: No, we didn't. We only played at Maryland. You sure about that? No, I'm not anymore.
0: <laughs> well, Jordan looks that up, I will make this point that I I I don't like it when people say coaches can't do something just yeah, because we, they haven't done it before. Because Dan Hurley past two years before this last year he got knocked out of the tournament early and then like russ said he got uh, i mean i'm not going to try to take away the national championship they won the national championship but they did kind of get like a lucky you know bounce there in the tournament and they went go on to win the national championship so
1: we don't we don't speak curly names around here come on yeah well i'm
0: not saying i like him, and and we played you all
1: january 22nd russ we lost by three that's what that's That's what i would say for some reason i don't know maybe you know, everybody said, what's Maryland's rival going to be when they go to the Big Ten? Maybe it is Purdue. I think we've won in Michigan State. But maybe it is Purdue because you look back, we play you all tough. And you all play us tough. I mean, you won your fair share of games. But we play each other very well since we've been in the Big Ten.
2: Agreed. Agreed. And I don't,
1: I don't think Mackey scares Maryland at all. Like, Maryland always plays good. Mackie gets this. – I'm serious. Go look at, go look at us at Mackey. It's very rarely do you wipe the floor with us. And if you did, it's because Turgeon was the coach.
2: Yeah, well, what? I, just just because we don't wipe the floor doesn't mean I, – I guess I would say that I, they definitely respect. I wouldn't say that they they are scared necessarily, but you know, every year when they do uh, end of the year like media days or like the combine and they interview all these Big Ten players and they say where the toughest place to play is, usually half of them or more say Mackey. So, no, yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for, the, for different
1: players, I'm talking about Maryland itself. I'm not saying Mackey's a cakewalk for any team. Mackey is up there. But, see, I, th- I don't think Maryland gets enough love. Back in that 2019 season – uh, Andy Katz was all over Maryland. Dan Dockett was all over Maryland, the home home court. But then it's like it went to the wayside. I got news for you. Last year, I mean, we're a juggernaut at home. Xfinity, when that gets hopping, that in my opinion is the toughest place to play in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah
0: all right well hey thanks guys we're gonna end it here we're going about 45 minutes and i know russ Son, is we're just getting here. warmed up boiler jr express. come on man so russ go on over to boiler express Tell how much fun you had on the big 10 huddle we we'll want to do. get one of those other guys over here it's just been you and dylan i need i need yeah. Uh... Yeah, there's, there's like
1: 60 of them over there jr i mean good grief
0: <laughs> what do we got we got the stat we got um uh Chris. superior
2: through numbers right we gotta get we yeah. gotta have numerical superiority right there let's yeah. just do
0: an entire big 10 huddle on the boiler express episode one day uh and then the next day we'll have all turtle heads big 10 huddle i would say there's not
1: enough there's not enough zoom cameras that join both can both uh turtle heads and boiler express at the same, same time because look yeah. i got only it was like 13 people i was like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i only got 10 spots so
0: all right hey we're gonna wrap it up here thanks so much for joining us for the big 10 huddle thank you for to jordan for coming in and thank you to russ for coming in check out their podcast turtle heads and the boiler express find them on twitter x whatever you want to call it you and uh podcast all those different places thanks so much for listening thanks so much guys for coming on have thank a you. great day